Hey there, and welcome back to Survivor Analytics, the show where we take you through the do's and don'ts, the winners and losers of a season of Survivor, one episode at a time. Uh, I'm the voice of the people. My name's Jack, and with me, as always, is the true expert. Say hello, Clyde. What's up, party people? (laughs) See, it sounds so much better coming from you. It's way more fun being on this side of it than having to do the whole spiel at the beginning. I can see why you enjoyed this for the first five episodes. You know what it is? It's the podcasting equivalent of Shambo floating in the lagoon. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's a great callback. That's like episode two, I think, at this point. But Jack, we've come so far now. We really have. I mean, think of all of the people uh, who we've lost and immediately forgotten. Yep. Uh, We're we're done with the pre-merge at this point. This is the last pre-merge episode. Next one we will record will be a completely different game. I always say that... The pre-merge is kind of like the appetizer to the main meal of the show. Ooh, this this is the little amuse-bouche to the the main course. I like it. Because at the end of the day, players' reputations are made in in the post-merge. It's very rare that you'll have a super noteworthy figure from the pre-merge of a season. Almost every historical player is historical because of the way that they play in the second half of the game. Right. So let me ask you, as the voice of the people and somebody not terribly familiar with, um, well, more than one and a half seasons of Survivor, typically, is there a, there's probably an average day that the merge happens, but is there a set day that the merge happens? So that's one thing that kind of makes Survivor unique. There's not like a set day where a merge needs to occur. There's been seasons where they put off the merge really late till about i think eight people might be the latest that emerge has occurred Mm -hmm. and i think that's just a drag going through (laughs) so many eliminations in the team phase of the game right Right now after this episode there's how many people left 12 i believe so yeah yeah uh yeah uh, 13 13 oh it's 13 yes oh after this episode after this episode yeah so i think 12 is a solid number to start the merge at It'll be interesting to see where the season goes from here. I'd be curious, since we're kind of entering the episode, what were your overall thoughts on this episode and kind of the pre-merge at large? So, I mean, as someone with very little sample size, right? A very small sample size in terms of of seasons that I've seen. um, But the previous seasons I've seen, the tribal balance was much clearer. or at least I like the only other season I've seen is David versus Goliath. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that the tribes were a lot more evenly distributed up to the merge. Um, what do you mean by evenly distributed? Well, so right now we're looking at going into this episode. It's a five, eight uh, game, right? Yeah. There's a clear majority if the merge happens. Uh, obviously there's some people who are willing to cross, you know, tribal lines, but uh, there, there is a, a clear if if it were to come down to a you know a, a partisan vote if you want to call it that there's a clear advantage that's not even close um so this one i mean i think it's been really enjoyable i think there's a couple things that have sort of haunted it you know and i guess these specters loom over a lot of seasons injuries um or or medical evacs i guess yeah. i don't know what the exact right yeah medical is. evacuations that's right but uh, I mean, those kind of haunt you. Like, 
I would have liked to see Mike go further. I would have loved to see Russell Swan go far. I think he would have gone really far if he had uh, made the merge. Um, so things like that, you know, kind of loom over it. But I've loved it. I've loved a season where, you know, one tribe is Party City and the other tribe has this secret uh, ghost haunting them named Russell Hans. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but... I mean, you've seen this season before, but you've also seen all of them. How does this compare? What stands out to you? So I would describe this season as a pretty mid-tier merge, maybe mid-lower tier merge. And I think its biggest strength is also its biggest weakness. This is a season where Foa Foa attends almost every single tribal council in the pre-merge. And on one hand, you get to learn a lot about the social dynamics of this tribe. And since we're heading into the merge next week, I feel that I know a lot about those people that remain on foa foa and i care about those individuals yeah. the downside is i feel like i barely learned anything about the galoo tribe and there's probably three or four contestants on that tribe that i know only the most surface level information about yeah so i think that's one major drawback of this pre-merge like you mentioned medical evacuations are never a great thing to have in the game and one of the worst parts of it is i think we were in line for the best episode of the season before Russell Swan was medically evacuated last episode. Because that episode was supposed to be a double tribal council where we got to learn a lot more about the cracks in those two different groups. We were robbed of that because of that medical evacuation. My other main complaint with it is a lot of these votes, I went went and took a look back at the vote splits in these tribal councils. Almost every tribal council that we've had up until this point has been unanimous. We had a 7-3, a 7-1, a 6-1, an 8-2, a 5-1. And we have the one from this episode, which is all basically unanimous. Right. So, so we haven't had one that's very tense where there's, you know, a need for an immunity idol. There's a surprise, right? There's really not, nobody's being caught off guard except the person getting voted out. Yeah. It's been a very conservative gameplay where people find themselves in the majority and they don't want to split out of that group, which I understand from a strategic point of view, but that doesn't necessarily make the best television um, yeah. I think the major plus of this pre-merge has been the cast, where I think I might have said this in previous episodes, but I think this cast is very top-heavy. The entertaining people on this cast are phenomenal to watch. People like Russell Hance, like Shambo, like Russell Swan. Um, I think Laura is pretty entertaining, who we watched this episode. I think Jason is very entertaining. But then you also have those people on the polar opposite side of the spectrum that don't get a lot of screen time and don't have very prominent personalities or if they do get some screen time like i would i would throw out dave as somebody who we've seen a little bit more of but he's not compelling i'm i'm not um i'm not drawn into his game i'm not drawn into i don't enjoy particularly watching him not that he's bad but he's not um he's not compelling i can understand that and i think one thing that was good about this pre-merge is a lot of those prominent characters weren't voted out. I've yeah. seen seasons where you have people like a Russell Hance or a Shambo and they all go out early. And because of that, you end up with these really boring characters in the second half of the game. So right. I'm where, happy, where, you know, it's like watching the, uh, you know, watching an NBA season and all the stars get injured before the uh, all-star game. Yeah. So even though I think the pre-merge wasn't great, I think it sets up the post-merge of the game really well. So 
we can head into this episode. I'm not sure if we mentioned earlier, but this is episode seven of Survivor Samoa. Oh, uh, you probably see it in the in the title. But where we left off last time is that Russell Swan was just medically evacuated from the game, and Galu returns to their tribe. And on the Galu tribe, there's an even gender split of four men and four women. And last episode, we talked about how the men were conspiring a plan to pull Shambo onto their side. Oh, and yes. I guess they weren't fully bought in to the idea that Shambo was going to join them because they need to go an extra step now to earn her loyalty. And one thing that's weird about this season is each tribe has to nominate a tribal leader. Mm-hmm. And Dave has the idea of nominating Shambo as the Galoo tribe leader. Oh, yes. And Jack, what oh, was your reaction yes. to this? The second I watched this, I knew you were probably gleeing watching Shambo get voted the leader. It brought me so much joy. It Because you know what? It's what she deserves. It's... um. It's the right move for the guys to make, and it's a great move for Shambo. I think it genuinely does put her in a pretty good position. I mean, obviously, this is the pre-merge episode, but it uh, it put her in a great spot uh, for the rest of the episode where she is not only in an alliance, but she also gets the um, the validation I think she so richly deserves. Do you think uh, it's real validation, though? This whole time I kept writing down that I feel like Shambo's a false leader where she's the face of the operation, but she's not actually the one with any power. Oh, absolutely. I mean, so <laughs> here's the thing. Shambo, I vacillate between Shambo being either the most brilliant, subtle player of all time, where she is doing all of this intentionally she is playing up this kind of um, Midwestern mom who doesn't know how to swear act, right? She kind of gives off this vibe of clueless woman at the church brunch. Um, but at the same time, she was a sergeant in the Marines. So I refuse to believe that she doesn't have a cold, calculating side to her that she is keeping under wraps really, really heavily. So under wraps that even the edit doesn't show it? Exactly. Because because in this theory, there's going to be a turn. There's going to be a moment where the prestige, I said this in the last episode, there's going to be a prestige where Shambo goes, you know what? I've been pulling the strings with the slightest of tugs uh, all this time and look where it's gotten me to the final five or whatever. And And honestly, that's what the Men's Alliance has planned for her right now. When they rope her in, Dave says, I forget who it's to, but I wrote down a quote where he says, we need to get Shambo onto our side. When we're down to five, we can burn her. Right. So even if she is included in this group, it's great for Shambo to have that connection of the four men, but she's clearly on the bottom of that. Of that oh, squad. absolutely. But I don't, she's not going to stick with them. That's, that's okay. com- I am certain she will dump them at the merge. Oh, but- okay. So you don't think she has any allegiance to them? No, I really don't, because I think it takes her so long to, uh, in the previous episode, it took so much for them to figure out, um, or for her to figure out that they were voting Monica. Uh, at, they were planning on voting Monica. Yeah, they the had tribal. to spell it out for her. Like, uh, I don't think she is, uh, I, I, yeah, she won't stick with them, I don't think. But so, um, the one line I wrote down, and I think it was Dave in a confessional and this might have been a little bit later, 
was uh, the only strategic drawback is that Shambo is so dim that we can't share our plans with her. I wrote down the exact same quote. That was so brutal. <laughs> I mean, and here's the thing. It's either completely true or once again, Shambo is like, because we never get confessionals from her. Yeah. We never ever do. And I think it's because all of her confessionals are her explaining why all of this was her plan all along. Okay, but I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I want to tell you my thoughts on this because yes, it seems do. like you were in favor of this move both for the men, the men's alliance and for Shambo. Yeah. I'm on the opposite side of both. I think it's bad for the men's alliance and I think it's bad for Shambo. So why do you think it's bad for the men's alliance? It gives them a majority with a puppet. I think it's bad for them because they already had Shambo on their side prior to nominating her as the leader. She was fully bought in last episode and the other women on the tribe had already isolated her to the point where she wasn't going to go back to them. From the men's so, perspective, by nominating Shambo as the leader, they're creating a red flag for the other women on the tribe that something's up. And when they nominate Shambo, there's a confessional from Monica where she questions why was Shambo selected here? Maybe she was the target. Maybe right. Monica herself was the target last episode. So she picks up on that immediately. But at the same time... um. Whoever gets elected leader has the target on their back, right? Every decision they make is going to be criticized. I mean, we still get later in this episode callbacks of people still criticizing Russell Swan's. Yeah, even after he's <laughs> even after he's carried off the island, they're still criticizing this guy. Like uh, the uh, the burden of leadership is heavy, right? And the uh, the danger of it as well. So if you were running the men's alliance who would you have put in the leadership role besides shambo who i think is the perfect pinata for this particular baseball bat. so if i'm in the men's alliance i would say we need to nominate the person that the other women on the tribe would expect us to nominate which is probably eric cardona i think he yeah. got a bunch of votes from some of those women if you yeah. put eric at the leadership position it doesn't give them a red flag that anything's going on and you can still keep Shambo on your side. I don't think Shambo was flipping without that title. And I think this is bad for her too, because like you mentioned, there's a burden of leadership. She now has this target on her back as the leader without any of the actual respect that a leader typically gets on the tribe. And we see that <laughs> later on with the way that other people on the tribe treat her. Oh yeah. So I don't see how this is good for either party. I think they would have been better off just making the straightforward decision to keep this alliance with Shambo under, under wraps. So I get the sense and from a couple things in this episode, and maybe it was a conscious conversation and maybe it was something they just happened to agree on. Shambo and the guys are totally willing to burn the girls. Oh yeah, completely. And I think it's because they know, okay, these girls don't really have a connection on the other side, which Shambo does. Um, and so they don't have if, – if we went to emerge right now, there's a group of five and a group of three and then a whole other tribe, right? Uh, we don't have to worry about that group of three anytime soon uh, is, is the read I get on their perspective. And I because think the, the worry with that though is – by making this decision and giving that group of three an indication that something could be up, that gives that group of three an opportunity to flip over to FOA FOA at the merge. Yeah, but then it becomes, okay, competing pitches, right? Hey, FOA FOA, um, your entire tribe 
depending on numbers and who wins this episode, uh, is the same size as our alliance. And you all know and love Shambo. Join us or join these three girls you've never met. Oh, that is a good point, actually. That and so by having I, Shambo I think, on your side, you're more likely to pull Foa Foa with you. Right. I guess that uh, would make sense if Shambo uh-huh. selected <laughs> at the no, reward no, no. challenge someone from her alliance, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, but so I think that that we'll get into that move because I think that was a, a, one of her most savvy moves openly that we have seen. Mm-hmm. But so we go to reward and uh, it's basically a memory challenge. Um, I liked this challenge. How did you feel about it? So I liked it. One aspect of this challenge that I liked was in this, you're essentially finding it's a matching game of uncovering two items on a board. And then your tribe will either get a point or your tribe has the option of forfeiting that point and instead collecting those items that were uh, revealed. I like this for a reward challenge. I would not be a fan of that twist if it was in an immunity challenge because I just don't see a tribe potentially losing immunity just to get whatever item was in underneath one of those uh, baskets. Oh, for sure. I mean, and and just for a tally, it was things like uh, mosquito netting, uh, fire starting kit, um, pots, pans. I can't remember what else there was, but things like that. But overall, I I thought it was good too, since a lot of the challenges this season have been super physical. This feels like one of the first challenges that we've had that's a real mental one for both tribes. That's a great point. And honestly, I think that's something that not to spend too long on on the reward challenge, but how do you think it would have affected the game if something like this, with this emphasis on mental mental strength over physical strength, had come up earlier in the game? Because you see these tribes where, uh, with the exception of medical and a racist, no man has been voted off the island. Yeah, right. And I think that's partially because of the challenges. I think if we had more of these early on, you would have seen less women voted out early in the game. Because I I think you look at a a player like Betsy, uh, where obviously physically not going to be able to compete with a Jason necessarily, but still, you know, competent physically, but clearly like mentally stellar where Russell Hance struggles in this game. Uh, I or seem to to my read in this memory game you know it it'd be a very different tribe if Betsy was the rock star and Russell was just some dude who was good at lifting things yeah and typically I know from other seasons of Survivor I've seen when you're in a two tribe format that typically results in vote-offs that aren't purely based on physical abilities if you're in a three tribe format that happens more often because those physical players just inherently have more value when you're in a smaller tribe. Right. So I was surprised that even in this season where you have two tribes, you see a lot of the non-physical players voted out early from the game. And I think that's because of these challenges that survivors giving them. Yeah. So we get into the challenge. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe the only, um, the only item that was taken, the only time that either tribe, Found, uncovered a pair and took the item instead of taking the point was Galoo takes a fire starter kit. Yeah. Um, and it's wrapped in a tarp and there is a comment about the tarp blanket, you know, comfort over utility thing. Um, and then it was kind of a blowout. 
um, Galoo wins reward once again. And one thing that's important to mention from this challenge, this goes back to what I said earlier about Shambo just being a fraudulent leader. Shambo elects to sit out of this challenge. Right. And one responsibility of the leader in this challenge is that they would have the opportunity to either keep the item or take the point. Right, they and, get to make that call. And since Shambo sat out, she could select which remaining player from her tribe would take on that role for this challenge. And she selects Eric originally... Then Dave, who is sitting next to Shambo on the bench, <laughs> pressures her into changing her mind to Brett. So I forgot about that. Yeah. It's another sign that Shambo doesn't actually have any power with this title. It's the men that are using her as a figurehead, but giving her all of the ideas. So, you know what? Here's, I think, the central question about Shambo at this point. Because in, in a previous episode, I think I said that Shambo and Russell Hans are like yin and yang. They're playing very different games. Yeah, one is and I was like, really... one play, one is playing well, the other one isn't. You say it's well and not. I think it's subtle versus blatant. But I think now the question is, is Shambo the puppet or the puppeteer? Uh, <laughs> you know, which way are the strings going? Oh, man. Here's my... Here's my thoughts i think shambo's clearly the puppet here but i don't blame her for being the puppet in this situation if you're in mm -hmm. shambo's shoes and you know the women on the tribe are gunning for you you kind of need to ally with the men and just say hey i'll do whatever you guys need me to do, to do in order to stay in the game yeah. so i don't blame her for taking it but just the whole circumstances surrounding that nomination are weird yeah i, I gotta be honest i had uh, funny enough i didn't write down that moment uh, of Shambo being totally overridden, uh, but you remember it, right? I do, oh, I do remember yeah, it because okay, it cool. was it was instantaneous. She doesn't hesitate when Dave like corrects her. She's like, "Oh, yep, he's right." Uh, but so, so the reward is uh, a pirate ship cruise with food, and oh, but so Galoo gets to send a spy as well until the next challenge and shambo in i think shambo's savviest move I, I mentioned this earlier sends laura who i kind of correct me if i'm wrong i view her as the linchpin of the other three women i can see that it's either her or monica but i think it is laura so i'd say your assessment is right so why is this a good move do you think for shambo to send laura to the foa foa camp so not only is there you know if if you're Monica, right? Pretend you're Monica. You've seen the guys on your tribe who have the majority, right? Um, because the girls have alienated Shambo. It's already split if you have any sense at all. The guys have elected Shambo leader. Clearly, they're working with her in some capacity. Shambo has gunned for Monica in the past, but now there it's 5-3 and one of the minority three the who i believe is closer i i got the sense there was some confessional or offhand comment that two of the girls are closer than yeah all three it's laura and, laura and monica are closer than either of them are with kelly right and so now monica's alone with the girl she's not as close with with uh her closest ally you know back on land while they're out at sea uh it's gonna make the girls much more paranoid, even as they're enjoying the reward. And so you think it's a mental game, like a mental threat on the women on the oh, tribe, I just to get in their heads? No, absolutely. I think it is. 
I honestly, I think it is smarter than sending Shambo as punishment for the chicken because I think that was a pretty bad move. I think this is a great move because it's absolutely about um, dividing and conquering, right? It's some Sun Tzu, like, art of war stuff, and I think it's brilliant. Okay. I added this to the list of terrible moves by Shambo. Whoa! Okay, This is on the list for me. So if you're in the game right now, you know a merge is coming up at some point right? And Shambo has made it clear that she wants to either flip over over to the Foa Foa group or bring them onto her side in some way. If you're in Shambo's position right now, you would either want to send yourself or someone in your alliance over to the Foa Foa camp in order to solidify that bond moving forward. Shambo does the polar opposite and she sends someone that's targeting her to the opposing tribe. This gives Laura an opportunity to go to Foa Foa and now Foa Foa has options. They know they're down in numbers. And now they can start thinking, do we want to align with Shambo at the merge? Or do we want want to align with Laura at the merge? Shambo shouldn't even give them that opportunity. Right, she should but- either send herself or someone within her alliance to, to just strengthen that bond so they can enter the merge with even better numbers. I don't understand why sending Laura does anything. I guess it helps her in the short term by breaking up that group of women during the reward. But in the long term, I could see this biting her in the butt if that Foa Foa group decides to partner up with the Galoo woman at right. the merge. So I think you're absolutely right that it could, right? It, it could go badly for her. It could turn on her. However, I think Shambo feels comfortable uh, after her multiple times going to Foa Foa, her majority. I think she feels comfortable with Maybe not being able to get all of Foa Foa, but being able to get enough to join her and the guys. So that I think she sees, okay, not only do I not have to shore up my alliances there or my friendships there, I can uh, let those ride while also creating some more internal um, strife and discord within the three women. See, I don't think that creates discord within that group of women because they don't blame each other for laura going to the fofo camp they're gonna blame shambo because she's the one that sent her oh oh but here's what i think it does i don't think it's about them blaming each other it's about them starting to go well wait a minute we've got a minority here uh should i jump ship should i go join the guys should i leave this trio and go join the majority like, I think it's about oh, that. I think okay. it's about the fear of, of defection. You mean in the short that. term before the merge, basically? Yes. Try to break it, up that group now. Okay. Break up. Yeah, exactly. Breaking I, I just think that's up. such a short term tor- a short term view. The other risk that you take is when Laura goes there, she gets the immunity idol clues. And at this point, Shambo doesn't know who has the immunity idol. I think Eric found it a couple episodes ago, but he hasn't told anybody. So, well, so yeah, by Eric doing this, Shambo theirs. is theoretically in her mind giving Laura an opportunity to find an immunity idol when she knows that Laura is gunning for her. It, so, it makes no sense. So a couple things here. Uh, first, Shambo couldn't care less about idols. She's given away all of her clues already to her. Yeah, whole she's tribe. made it blatantly clear she doesn't yeah. care about them at all. Yeah, she does not care. And I think the fact that it hasn't come up in conversation at all, I think she's probably assuming and probably all of them are assuming that someone has it already. I think for her, uh, the conversation is, or, or the mental math is, yeah, there can be some shoring up, some conversations. Laura might make some great alliance with 
one person over in Foa. However, we've got five, uh, five to three. We're in, in a good spot short term and long term. We've got five out of the remaining uh, 13. Uh, we can pull several of Foa Foa and there's a decent chance that uh, in the short term, some of those women, because I've split them up, know that they don't want to be on the outside of a vote. So they might jump ship before the merge. I mean, I, I think it is some really uh, – I and who knows how intentional it was. It was I, either completely intentional or just spite. I think it's just spite. <laughs> but – Regardless, I think it's it's a clever little bit of baseball where she has split them up and now they have to scurry where if they're all together, other conversations could be had. Okay. And and so we probably shouldn't dwell on it too long. We got another challenge and, and all that to get to. But I think, you know, we'll see how it plays out, right? We'll see what happens because Laura goes to Foa Foa. Before we get to Lo- Laura at Foa Foa, I just have yep. some notes I want to talk about from the Galoo okay. sailboat reward. Oh, yes, please. This sailboat reward felt irresponsible. (laughs) (laughs) I think someone yells out when they get there, let's have drinks. So they're all drunk on the boat, I think, at this point. There's a scene of Monica steering the ship and blankly looking out into the distance. I think she's trashed right now. And she just yells, ahoy, matey, while looking out into the ocean. And for a second, I thought, this girl is going to crash this ship. (laughs) There's a couple shots of it, like helicopter shots of the ship. It is like all over the place there's also a scene where three the like drunk guys are pulling on the sails and lifting them up yeah and i was just thinking you could not pay me to go on this ship like manned by this crew it just felt so irresponsible the entire time the part of it that caught me off guard and and the parts that really i would not have wanted to be a part of was uh all like the hoisting right all the physical labor yeah, it's kind of fun because you're on a pirate ship and, you know, hooray, you know, sea shanties and all that. But you're on this island where you're trying to survive and all of a sudden they're saying, hey, we're going to give you one good meal. So go do a bunch of extra labor that you didn't ask for. Like I would be like – I would be on that ship saying, "Nah, I'm not hoisting anything. Give me another drink <laughs> and another dinner roll yeah. and another scone. But um, I'm all for them having fun on the ship and like, you know, getting drunk, doing whatever. But there's no need for the cast to be directing the ship during the during the reward. uh, So so the the other thing that I noticed while they're on the boat, and I believe this is while they were on the boat. My notes are a little fuzzy. uh, Monica, conscious of the split, sucks up to Shambo. Yeah, which is a Gives good move. Some compliments. Which is a good yeah. move by Monica. Because Shambo split up the girls, Monica's worried. No, this is not Yes, she's worried, but this isn't an authentic apology where she's thinking, "Oh, now I'm going to go align with Shambo." Because she says in confessional that she thinks Shambo did this out of bitterness, mm-hmm. and this move is only creating a bigger red flag that those three women are on the outside. Well, right. And so I think this is her whether or not she's, you know, I don't think she's ever going to genuinely trust Shambo or want to stick with her. But I think for the short term, it it gives the indication that Monica is going to try and potentially realign with Shambo's interests in the short term. Yeah. 
Which is but, which is the right move for her at that point if you're on the outside of the numbers. But we yeah. can get into Laura arriving at the Foa Foa camp. Okay, so, listen, 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 listen. Laura, I liked Laura until this section. Okay. Laura, uh, basically, I, I'm no, I'm not a Laura fan. Now I'll <laughs> okay. say that. So. Laura gets there, has the introductions, starts having conversations, right? First goes off with Russell. Apparently, Russell has kids, allegedly, although I don't know, man. I don't know if he does. This might be another one of his lies, and it's pretty wild that even with something as, like, a small personal detail like that, I have to question that with Russell. I mean, the fact that his lies started so big with Katrina, like, <laughs> like honestly. Yeah, nothing's off the table. Fake children, fake family. I mean, he uh, so he bonds with Laura because she went to divinity school, and his I think his dad's a pastor. Is that what he says? Something that's what like he that? said. But that's another and, thing where I don't know if I believe it. Yeah, and then Laura says, "Oh well, I've got you know I have my master's in divinity or whatever, but I don't believe it's the woman's place to be the pastor." And I was just like, "Hold the phone." I'd be like, why'd you get the masters in it then? Yeah, exactly. Why'd you get the masters? And in what sexist worldview do you believe that, but also believe that you should be on Survivor? Right? Like this is reality TV where you're like out there for the world to see, trying to win money for your family. If you don't think you should be a pastor, why do you think you should be on like a competition show? That like that went all over me because it and maybe it's just the, I mean, it's the ingrained sexism of her background, right? But it really disappointed me and uh, kind of bummed me out that she was limiting herself. But yeah. um, the main thing I wrote down there was Russell does an amazing job, like buttering up Laura and like meeting her at all of her interests. And that's one yes. thing I'm constantly impressed with Russell throughout this entire season for being such a schemy person behind the scenes. He's phenomenal at creating connections with people. Oh, yes. I mean, so there's this great movie. Uh, oh, gosh. I'm going to I'm gonna botch the name, but I think it's In Cold Blood. Okay. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis, where he plays an oil man like Russell. But it, obviously, it's like a period piece. It's from the early 1900s, late 1800s. And basically, he comes to this small town and sweet talks everybody out of their rights to their oil and makes millions of... Oh, while leaving man. the town impoverished. It's so good. It's I think it's my favorite Daniel Day Lewis movie. Um, it's uh, it's got the line "I drink your milkshake" is kind of the famous line from it. Um, but uh, he's very good at meeting people where they're at. He literally uh, to convince the pastor of the town that he's not up to anything uh, nefarious. Literally, like is rebaptized in the small town church. And uh, and obviously doesn't like believe anything. He's just doing it to get the oil. I feel that spirit in Russell where he will make the connection and make the bond with anybody for the oil. of yeah, uh, as long as it progresses him in the game. Exactly. And I think it's great because he does it so well. It's It really is a an excellent performance. Yeah. I wrote down, he tells Laura, I could see you're a good Christian woman, which you could tell makes her really happy. They she make, loves it. They make a final three deal 
where yeah. Russell says himself, Laura, and Natalie will go to the final three. And one thing I have constantly a difficult time with throughout this season is figuring out where are Russell's loyalties because he's connected with everybody. And but do you I think, think he's pretty loyal to Natalie. That's what I want to ask you. Do you think this final three that he proposes is an indication that Natalie is his main ally in the game? I So I think as much as he can have an ally, Natalie is his main ally. I think he is willing to burn anybody at any point. Um, but I think the fact that he says this when she's not around indicates to me that he's willing to stick to her as long as possible. I thought the same thing. This is the first indication that we've had where Russell, outside of his confessionals, has proven loyalty to somebody. I think he said in confessionals that, oh, Natalie will ride my coattails or something like that. But this is the first time where, you know, he's really put a stake in the ground with somebody else. And and he's willing to say, yeah, Natalie's going to ride my coattails and I'm fine with it. Like, I'd prefer her to somebody else. Yeah. And... The best part of this conversation, I don't know if you picked up on this, but after establishing their alliance, Russell tells Laura that she can throw out the immunity idol uh-huh. clues because uh-huh. Ben found the idol earlier in the game. So great. I, I genuinely, I think I might have applauded actually out loud. I think I might have started clapping because that was- It's a great move. It was perfectly done too. So nonchalant, so simple, elegant. I mean- I wish we'd gotten a confessional where he was just like clapping his hands with glee (laughs) because he did. I mean, it was, it was perfect. Uh, I really, really loved that move. I think the part that I respect the most about it is Russell is remaining consistent in his lies. I think some people can get into these difficult scenarios where they're lying so much to the point where players can convene and find out right now. Russell has created this lie that Ben was voted out with the idol earlier in the game and he's sticking with it. So anybody else that comes to question that and talks to each other behind Russell's back, they'll go in with that same information. So I think it sets up Russell well. Um, My only concern now is Russell has this idol in his pocket. And if he decides to use it at some point in the future, players like Laura are not going to be happy. That's a great point. I mean, he's making this kind of final three alliance. He, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe Natalie knows about it. Natalie doesn't Um, know. Only Mick and Jason know about it right now. Which I think is a great idea, keeping that split, right, until they get further on. But, I mean, you're absolutely right. If I was Natalie and I put, like, myself on the line vouching for Russell and then he ends up playing it, uh, I would not be happy. Yeah, that's for damn sure. But and this, um, and this move by Russell to lie to Laura about the idol, I think it's clear that he doesn't have any intention of actually going to the final three with Laura. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, if if it happens, he will be able to say, "Yeah, I told her we were doing this, and I brought her all the way." Like, like if it happens, it's because he wants it to happen, not because he needs it to happen. Yeah. Um. So then, back at camp, the only other moment really with Laura that I had was Natalie and Laura have this little Jesus aisle at the bookstore conversation while Liz is doing laundry or tending the fire or something, and they're not doing any work. And Liz gets really frustrated. I, and first off, she's totally justified in her frustration. However, she is so vocal about it 
and it's a bad look. I think I think it's a bad look too. I think I mentioned this last episode, but I don't think Natalie is the right person for Liz to target amidst this tribe. But she's sticking with this plan. And I think at this point, she's going to latch on to any potential reasons that she can think of in order to try to get Natalie out should Foa lose an immunity challenge. So I do yeah. think she was annoyed, but I think she played it up a little bit more because she's trying to save herself. Yeah, I think the hard part is that she plays it up in a way where she doesn't come across as a team player. Because you could... I think the way the guys see Natalie's conversation with Laura is Natalie's buttering her up, bringing her into the fold, you know, helping our numbers that emerge, right? Yeah, I think Russell and, says that in confessional. He says, like, he respects what Natalie's doing yeah. with Laura. And Liz, while she has the right to be frustrated, you know, one of my favorite moves from Russell, actually, in the last couple episodes is when he was irritated with the whole tribe for not working on the shelter during the rainstorm and he keeps calling them babies but he only does it in confessional to vent he never puts it out there for the whole tribe to hear and it shows a level of um uh it's a game of teamwork yeah that that we don't get from liz and i was kind of bummed about that the only other thing i want to mention here is if you remember two episodes ago natalie was the one that said Russell is going to be the main deceiver in our alliance, and I'm going to be the one that essentially gives other players a shoulder to cry on. Right. And I think we see that here to a certain degree where Russell seems to be connecting with Laura for solely strategic purposes. He's mm -hmm. forming this connection that way. She believes in he'll have an ally later in the game, but he has no actual intention of keeping this partnership going. Right. That conversation that Natalie had with Laura it felt genuine. It felt that Natalie actually cared about Laura and just wanted to get to know about her as a person. I mean, it's really a kind of good cop, bad cop thing uh, in, in a twisted way, and I love it. I think it's going to play off. I, I hope it plays out really well because it feels like it will. But uh, you ready to go to immunity? Yeah, yeah. You want to explain the logistics of the, ch logistics of the challenge? Yeah, so this, this challenge had a lot going on. Um, basically, they're on a beach... They have to row out um, to a series of underwater puzzle pieces, fish them, like there's rings floating above the water that they have to catch with fishing poles, pull them on board, you know, these strings of puzzle pieces, bring them back to shore, excuse me, and um, assemble a puzzle. And a tricky puzzle, too. Yeah, the, the puzzle was no joke there. Like it has a gradient and it had like white space within the puzzle. It was challenging. Uh, my only major observations within the challenge were uh, Foa Foa takes this tactic that instead of paddling, they swim the boat out and back. Like they run it out as far as they can and then they swim instead of paddling, which totally drains Mick and Jason. Yeah. Um, this results in Jason at the puzzle basically being brain dead and and not being able to wrap his head around it and and I think that does contribute a lot to their eventual loss. Galoo once again wins immunity. The other thing I wanted to observe and tell me if there's anything else I'm missing on Galoo, uh, Dave is one of the ones fishing and. 
I four times I wrote I kept a tally. Four times he tells his team to shut up or be quiet. Yeah. In a very rude way. And uh is really struggling to catch these stupid puzzle piece floating rings. Uh, but is so rude to his team. It is genuinely kind of appalling. And I'm shocked by it at this point that Galoo hasn't figured out that their biggest weakness is their lack of team uh, team spirit and coherence. I think it's and, tough to call that a weakness when they keep winning challenges, though. Right, right. But when you look at, you know, when, when you, if, if the merge happened at this challenge, right, you've got a very fragmented Galoo and a very unified Foa Foa. Yeah, there is. And part of that is, you know, the adversity that Foa Foa has gone through. And also but, the numbers, like, yeah. realistically, it's difficult in a tribe of eight for Galoo to keep a solid alliance of seven. But even when things were good in in Galoo, you know, the fire starting, right, altercation that Dave has with uh, Russell Swan, you know, there's this sense of tension, a lot of it coming from Dave, where there's no sense of teamwork. And if it came down to it, I wouldn't feel like Dave would ever be interested in putting a team or an alliance over his own interests. Uh, and I think that's going to hurt him down the line. I but, can see um, that. It's difficult to judge right now just because we've seen so little strategic play from right. Dave and that Galoo tribe at large. Um, uh, but was there anything else you observed during the challenge? Yeah, I got... I have a qualm with the challenge. Do you? So, a qualm? I know I'm kind of known as the hater of some of these challenges. I destroyed the bocce ball challenge earlier in the season where Jeff forgot to show up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think there were, there might have been one other one that I criticized. This there challenge was. earns the award for second worst challenge of the season. <laughs> so, so which part did you have this okay. qualm with? The players should not be able to push the boat for the fishing segment. I think the producers miscalculated the tide during the time of day when this challenge was supposed to happen because at its core it's supposed to look like a fishing challenge where players are rowing and then you cast a line out to get those puzzle pieces but they did it during a like a low tide time and because of that i looked at the players as they were pushing the boat through the water that water was only like five feet high so i yeah. thought that was a really lame part of the challenge and you're right jason was gassed by the end of it but i thought it was also unfair that Everyone on the tribe was criticizing Jason and his challenge performance when they might have been going faster with him pushing that boat where he had so much of his body above water than they would have been just paddling. So, oh, I think, absolutely. So I think this is a miscalculation on the challenge team. They should have either ran the challenge further out into the ocean where the water was deeper or just waited for a different point in the day when players wouldn't have been able to stand up and just push the boats. Cause I thought that made it look kind of lame. I mean, I think it definitely made it look lame. And I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's a great point that Jason gets some flack and he's hard on himself for taking that strategy. But at the same time, in the moment, that strategy made a lot of sense Yeah, because that that's the environment they were in. And, uh, yeah, I definitely think there was, um, you know, now that you pointed out the fact that it was totally set up with the fishing vessels, with the paddles, all of that, and that it turned into who can tread water the best while pushing a boat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's so, a great point. 
other thing I wanted to say with this challenge win by Galoo, they have won eight of the 10 challenges total this season. They've won five of the six immunity challenges. Oh my God. So Foa Foa is widely regarded as one of the like top five worst tribes in survivor history. Really? And the only thing that prevents them from getting that number one spot is their two challenge wins. And I also think they were greatly benefited by the Russell Swan medical evacuation earlier in the season. Because without that, there's a world where they're going into the merge with even worse numbers than they're currently getting. The Russell Swan, wait, the evac that was last challenge? Yeah, yeah. But so since that evac, they haven't won a single challenge. Like, you think they would have lost that challenge? I think there's a chance they lose that challenge because you go from a world where each tribe is losing one member to a world where only Galoo is losing it. So the circumstances of that challenge benefited them a lot, and it was stuff that was essentially out of their control. So Yeah, I mean, that's a good point, but I think at the same time, like, Foa Foa didn't... Like, if Foa Foa had won one of these challenges today... I would say, yeah, they totally benefited from Russell's absence. But at the same time, they lost, like, regardless. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm not saying it's hurting them a ton in the short run, but I'm saying it's going to hurt them more in the long run. Yeah. Because they were in a situation where they would have to vote out. Imagine if they did have to vo- each tribe had to vote out a member last episode. Foa Foa would be down to three members after this episode. Oh, my God. So they're in a better situation than they should be. Um, so after the immunity challenge, uh, Foa Foa goes oh, oh, back. I, oh, okay. I, I remembered another piece. Uh, I didn't write this down for some reason, but Mick shows up without the leader necklace. Oh, yeah. And and they're like, you know what? We thought this was bad luck. And Jeff gets very worried, and he's like, you still have a leader, right? And I was kind of hoping that Foa Foa would go like, ah, you know what? We decided we're an anarchist commune. Uh, <laughs> we make all our decisions collectively. Dude, Jeff would have been furious. Jeff loves the leader twist for some reason this season. I don't really get why. I hope it kind of dies when the merge hits, that he's not still doing this little joke of, oh, who was the leader on yeah. Foa Foa back, back like, then? You know what? I think um, maybe part of it is that Jeff thinks that uh, he's kind of the leader of the crew. And so he, he wants to see like the leaders succeed in the game. Like maybe there's something there psychologically, but um, Foa Foa thinks that they're doing it for good luck and it does not pay off. Um, but so Galoo wins. Hooray. Shambo's tenure off to a good start. <laughs> yeah. All thanks to Shambo. Uh, and uh, so we go back to camp. And Jason is super hard on himself once again mentally, man. Uh, I really hope he doesn't drop out of the game. But yeah, I had the same thought. We're getting more and more of these each week. We go on this podcast and talk about her, how there's another indication of Jason potentially quitting the game, and and this was another one. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's um, it's tough to see because I really like him. He puts his heart into this one and just burns out too early. Because of the circumstances, and uh, and then he comes back to camp, and he, you know, sometimes in in challenges where somebody's performance falls short, Monica in that one with the rope walk refused to acknowledge that she had been weak at all. Right? Yeah. Uh, Jason is very readily like, "Yeah, I was just really disappointed. I'm trying to put it behind me, but uh, you know, 
like I I'm just really sorry guys and I he has so much character that I hope he goes far and I hope he does well what uh, would but, you give a percent chance that Jason quits because I feel pretty 50 50 still at this point I think there's a 65 percent chance he quits I think it's more than half I, it's more than a coin man flip. okay Be, because there's just been so much foreshadowing of it like whether he quits or whether at some point you know I I apologize to the average listener. I'm going to use a technical term. He pulls a John Michael and says, yeah, vote me out this week, guys. Yeah, I'm but done. that's been done before in Survivor where players are just so fed up, but they have too much pride to quit the game, but they want to be voted out. So that's happened before in the history of the show where yeah, someone has I mean, to be voted, asked to get voted out of the game. Like, I think there's a decent chance that that, what, either that or that he pulls himself. I think that, I mean, it's kind of equivalent. Um, but yeah, I really the, hope it doesn't happen. But with Jason saying that, guys, this was my bad, I'm a big reason why we lost the challenge, there's two names that are being thrown around camp. And it's Jason for the challenge performance, and there's Liz, who from last episode we talked about, is just outside that core alliance right. uh, of men. And the thing that I was pretty surprised by is, how did Natalie find her way out of the elimination discussion? I felt like last episode we talked about how the two main people that could potentially go home from Foa Foa are Liz and Natalie. And this episode, Natalie's basically out of the picture. Do you think this is more indicative of Russell Hance's play and keeping her out of that potential target? Or do you think that's more attributed to Natalie? Or maybe it's just Jason magnifying his own target. Like, why yeah, you, you know think what? her name I, isn't being thrown out? I think it's, I don't think it's Natalie and Russ at all because we don't see it. I think it's Liz complaining earlier at camp. And I think it's Jason's performance. Um, are the things that draw them back into focus. Um, and I think it's, you know, I honestly think Jason isn't really even a contender because I think when it comes down to it, Russell's the one calling the shots for Natalie. Uh, Russell and Jason get along well. I don't think he has any inclination of letting Jason go, uh, although he's not happy with him, right? He makes some comments yeah. to Mick. Um, I think even with that frustration, I think he'd much rather see Liz go because I think he can trust Jason. Uh, and I don't think Natalie uh, really at this point is in the discussion, but I don't think it's because she did anything. I think it is just convenience. Okay. And then Liz makes a weird decision at camp. Out of all people for her to approach about who to vote out next, she goes to Russell, <laughs> where a couple episodes earlier she... Russell told her that she was on thin ice. So yeah. out of everyone to go to on this camp, she approaches him to help make a decision between voting out Natalie or Jason. And yeah. Russell plays along with this, but in his confessional, he was pretty clear that the real decision was between Liz and Jason. Right. Um, was this really ever in question for you where this vote was going to go before we head over to the tribal council? I felt the second they lost this challenge, I knew what was going to happen. Oh, I mean, I... Um... I, I knew it was over, but at the same time, I I totally respect Liz for going to Russell because it can't have been easy after their previous conversations to kind of swallow her pride. Um, but why go to Russell when you could go to Mick and, Mick and Jason instead and target Natalie? Because when she previously went to Mick and Jason in the last episode, they weren't receptive to her at all. Okay. They totally rebuffed her and were just kind of like, oh, you know, we'll see. The votes will go where they go. 
that they weren't willing to give her anything at all. And so I think it's her last option, but I think she also recognizes if by some miracle I can flip Russell, yeah, you know, he can put in the work to make the rest of it happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, I think it makes sense that that's the kind of, um, hail Mary she takes, but obviously, uh, it's a hail Mary that doesn't land. Yeah. Um, so, so are we good to get to tribal council? Yeah, let's knock out the vote real quick. Liz yeah. is gone. Liz is gone. It's a 4-1 split. Uh, every vote goes on Liz, and Liz casts her vote against Jason. Who knows why? <laughs> Dude, is this the most predictable vote of the season? Uh, Yeah, I think... Well, I think Ben's vote might have been more predictable. Uh, I think this actually. is more predictable. There was still a part of me at Ben's vote that was wondering if Russell had rallied everyone <laughs> to make a yeah. different decision. No, that's fair. I mean, I, so yeah, this probably was the most predictable, but... Um, so Liz goes home. Uh, she does not play again. This is the one and only time we will see Liz. Um, I feel bad she didn't get a ton of screen time this season. It seemed that most of her character was in relation to Russell. Yeah. She didn't get a lot of individual moments. It was more focused on her recognizing that Russell had the idol. Um, another thing from this tribal council I want to mention is that Jason straight up says that he accepts responsibility for his poor challenge performance, yeah. and he states that he would accept his tribe's decision to vote him out. It's just another indication that he could quit down the line. Can I tell you what, though? I It is an indication of quitting, but it's also just another great example of him showing he's a stand-up guy and a great team player. I mean, I, I think Jason has... I mean... Everybody left on, for in varying ways. Everyone left on Foa Foa. I really like as a person, where there are several people on Galoo that I don't like. I don't like Dave. I don't like Eric. I don't like uh, Monica. I don't like Laura. Um, so half the Galoo tribe, you don't yeah, like? half of Galoo. Well, you don't I like don't Eric. Like. Eric is so funny. Eric's funny, but I don't like him. I think he's uh, hilarious. I'm so Ever- excited to see him in the merge. Just lose his mind even more. Oh, I'd, I'm really looking forward to his descent into madness. But like, if I think about who I would want to play with, right? Who I'd want to be in a tribe with, who I'd want to be in a, an alliance with, I would take any single person, except probably Russell for self-preservation reasons, uh, on Foa Foa in a heartbeat. Because I think they're all stand-up people who are more or less willing to acknowledge their shortcomings and do what needs to be done. But yep. and uh, one thing I wrote, so, well, I'll talk about this for winners and losers. Are you ready to head into that? Or is there anything else that you want to go through? Yeah. I mean, I'm good. Okay. First, I think we're going to match this week in winners and losers. I have hope really? that we're going to. Do you want to start with winner or loser? Uh, let's do winners. Okay. So I'll tell you what the correct answer is here. <laughs> and I have a feeling... <laughs> And I have a feeling you're going to pick Shampo regardless, but I'm I think not, there's still not. hope. Not the winner winning. this week is Russell Hans. I completely agree. So he eliminated the final member of the Foa Foa tribe that didn't trust him. Looking yep. at Russell's voting history, he got rid of Marissa, who didn't trust him. He got rid of Betsy, who didn't trust him. And he got rid of... Uh, Ashley? Of Liz, who didn't trust Liz. him. Ashley did, because she said at the tribal council that her two closest allies were Natalie and Russell. Yeah. There were three people on that tribe that clearly told Russell that they could not work together. He knocked out all three, and the three people that are left on his tribe are Mick, Natalie, Jason, and all of them appear to be very loyal to Russell. On yeah. top of this, he makes the great move that we talked about earlier where he deceives Laura into making a final three agreement, and he mm-hmm. successfully lies to her about the location of the idol. It's a great episode by Russell all around, I think. 
I completely agree. I mean, and just to throw out there, just a good mental, you know, organizational thing. At this point, looking at the game, we've got three groups as I see it. There's the five with Shambo, there's the four of Foa Foa, and there's the three girls. Uh, so hopefully going into the future, that will be handy, five, four, three. But uh, who's your loser? Wait, so you, you also had Russell as the winner. Yeah, I did. Oh, I okay, sweet. Agree. Yeah, I agree. I with was all worried you were gonna put Shambo as the winner because she got picked as the captain or whatever. No, no, no. She got honorable mention for all that. Oh, okay, yeah. She's the. You might as well, you know, write it in stone that Shambo will be the honorable mention all season. She's. It's the honorable mention. <laughs> uh, but so, who's your loser? Losers, Laura. Um, interesting. She okay. entered an alliance with Russell, which Russell clearly does not anticipate following through with, and she believed Russell's lie that. Ben found the immunity idol, and this is mm-hmm. bad for Russell, for Laura's game, as well as the rest of Galoo, because Laura's going to go back to Galoo and probably share that information with people that the Foa Foa idol is out, which only helps Russell Hance more moving forward. So I think it was her the most prominent episode for Laura, and also her worst. That's fair. That That is a totally fair... I don't disagree with that as putting her in a bad position. My loser for this week was Jason. Okay. Uh, simply because, I mean, he's in a decent spot, right? He's in this, you know, pretty good alliance, good size, right? Uh, the middle of the five four three, right? Um, but just his mental state, I think, you know, if there's anybody who's in a, a position to go out next of their own accord, no less, or even just to struggle in challenges because he's got, so, I mean, his mental game is so wrecked. Uh, I think he's in a bad spot in that way. And uh, frankly, part of it, you know, if I was Jason and I went home right now and I watched the first episode and I saw Russell, my burning friend his from the beginning, burning the socks that I could have used when my feet were peeling off a couple episodes ago, I would be so livid. That's actually uh, wild that Russell was the one that burned his socks and all these episodes later, like I mean, it worked. Like this guy's losing his mind. I mean, he really is. And I mean, I so I think that's what puts him in a bad position, but it's more of a bad personal position than a bad tribal one. Okay. Uh, but so do we want to, oh, honorable mention? Oh, of Shambo. course. Have your Shambo. moment. Why is it Shambo? Shambo? I mean, Shambo had a great episode. I think the splitting up the girls, I think the... Yeah, she didn't do great with the uh, with letting Dave just override her in the reward challenge. But um, uh, I think the split, I genuinely think that's one of the smartest moves all season. Uh, if it pays I'm off. I'm so again. surprised you think that's a smart well, move. I think it's like, going to backfire at some point. It totally might. And if it does, you know, I'll eat, eat crow. But I think at this point that was, uh, I was blown away by it. I think it was brilliant. And it was instantaneous too she did not hesitate but we'll see do you have an honorable mention i don't um so one thing i texted you about is now that we're done with the pre-merge we're heading into the merge with our episode next week we're going to run through some quick mid-season awards so we have three awards that we're giving up where it's the most valuable player which goes to the player that has played the most impressive game um up until this point that doesn't necessarily mean it's your winner pick Mm -hmm. because the player who played the best might not have the best projection going forward. We have the least valuable player, 
which is the player who has played the worst this season, and yep. you have the most entertaining. And for all of these awards, everyone's eligible. It doesn't matter if you were voted out episode one or if you're still in the game now. So, uh, and then I'm going to give my winner prediction because uh, you know the winner, correct? Yeah. So I will make a prediction. Just I'll throw it out there at the end. But so you want to go down. Uh, let's go most entertaining, least valuable, and then most valuable. Okay. So who do you got for most entertaining? I mean, Russell's been great to watch. I I think I, there almost every other player, I come away from some of their interactions going like, ah, that was not great for them. Russell leaves me wanting more every time because I think he's just a great player. He's a joy to watch. He's, I mean, he's crazy, but he's brilliant. (laughs) Uh, So I I think he's, he's a ton of fun. And as much as I love Shampo, uh, she did not make my list. Wow. Well, you're going to love this. Shambo is my most entertaining player. That's great. I'm thrilled. And I'm so happy. It's, a, it's an important asterisk here, but most entertaining does not mean best in any way. In fact, I think part of the reason why Shambo is so entertaining is because she's so bad at the game. And I have a list right here of all, the, all of her mistakes up until this point. I can read them through quick. Episode two, Shambo loses the fishing gear. Episode three, she criticizes the tribe for doing yoga. Episode three, she calls Ben a beefcake. <laughs> Episode four, she speaks chicken and then proceeds to lose all the chickens. And then we have some of her terrible gameplay moves, which are sharing the immunity idol clues with Eric and John, sharing the immunity idol clues with the entire Foa Foa camp. She falls for <laughs> Russell Hance's lie that Ben was eliminated, eliminated from the game with the idol. She's nominated as the leader without any respect. And she sends Laura to Foa Foa and gives her an opportunity to ally with the opposing tribe. She is a complex character, but I have a lot of joy watching her play because she's just so ridiculous. And and to tie it back, I mean, she is, for you, you're just enjoying the puppet show. That's what it is. Yeah, like, my the you're, one thing I do enjoy yeah. about Shambo is I think she's at least somewhat self-aware. She doesn't have this giant ego where she's claiming that she's this crazy good player. It feels like she's just this woman that's out in the wild doing your best, and she's kind of just falling on her face a lot. I tell you what, speaking of Shambo's ego, to to rewind a lot, we totally forgot to touch on this. After she's elected, she has a little monologue. (laughs) Yeah, she gives a little speech. We totally forgot to touch on this. She's elected, um, and it's basically like, look, I'm going to do my best not to expect that you all obey me immediately, but as a sergeant in the Marines, that is what I'm accustomed to. Yeah, and that was hilarious. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Like, she, when she's first approached about being leader she is very humble and then immediately goes into that kind of um despotic sort of like oh, oh i'm expecting you to obey me but i'll try and temper my it's like passive aggression yeah and kind of dictatorship um but so yeah i love her uh i think that's a great answer i'm sure she did i'm so surprised she didn't get your most entertaining for the amount of time that we spend on this podcast talking about shambo i thought she was a lock for you in I that tell category you what, though, it's here's what it is it almost feels like watching it watching the harlem globetrotters or watching the lakers and uh the lakers aren't a good example this year watching um the bucks okay in in this Uh, analogy russell's the bucks in this analogy russell's the bucks where it's russell is Giannis, and we're watching him like you go, oh my god, he's huge. There's no way he can move like that, and then he does, and your mind is blown. 
there's no way he can hit a three and then he does uh and it's just a masterpiece and then shambo you're like "Ooh, watch the ball spin Ooh, wait yes. she's standing on the rim i didn't know you could do that like she she is playing the same game from such a different angle and i love it but i think when it comes down to i mean entertaining in terms of the the scope of the show we'll see right who knows maybe when we find out she is the puppet master uh my answer will change but who's your least valuable player least valuable i think is a lock the least valuable has to be ben ben okay is one of the worst players in survivor history he burns bridges with members of his own tribe uh like jason as well as the one guest that he meets at his tribe in yasmin he's voted out third in a season where physical abilities are a major factor in decision making i think if you take ben's and brain and put it in someone that isn't as physically strong he's definitely he's the gone. first boot of the entire season he's someone I mean, where i have the least faith in him to make a run out of anybody on this entire tribe i mean i i think that is a very very good point um my least valuable player and this probably isn't fair it's i believe her name was marissa yeah because <laughs> she's the first boot first one voted out i mean you know i hate to say you're the you know least valuable player but unfortunately the data just isn't there to counter counteract it but ben is certainly a very very strong answer i think of the people that we got to know he's absolutely the answer yeah uh and so and then most valuable player i think we're gonna agree on this yeah it's russell right it's russell i mean it no shot i do not think he's going to win he is not my prediction for winner but he why is do you think he's not player. going to win my prediction is he makes it to the top five at least and, and you know this is recorded right so so we can go back and we'll see if i'm i'm wrong top five if not final three and then say he makes it to the final three or so if he makes it to final three this happens at the final tribal Otherwise, it happens when, you know, he gets voted out. Um, his lies catch up to him. Okay. Um, something happens. His web of manipulation gets too complicated. Yeah, someone people... finds a piece of Jason's sock in his bag. Yeah, something happens and it all unravels. And, and the way that I think he'll go down is either simply that everyone finds out all his lies and votes him off or his lies begin to unravel and he flies off the handle like we've seen him do a couple times where as soon as he's threatened he um overreacts and and lashes out and i think there's a chance that that happens down the line and so far it's worked out for him but I think down the line, he's going to have to play a much more nuanced game, and there's a chance that it doesn't work out. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how he, what his approach is in the post-merge, because it feels like he had a stranglehold the entire pre-merge. So this will be a, a new challenge for him. Uh, other important things to mention with Russell is he found the immunity idol at the FOA FOA camp. He did it without even finding a clue. He's tightly allied with all three members in that tribe that are left. Yeah. Um, and we've had a total of 14 winner picks between the two of us over the last seven episodes. Russell Hans has been selected for six out of those 14 spots. 
So I mean, it's a best. well-deserved title. My only worry with him right now is he's entering the merge in a minority where if Kalu decided to band together and pick off FOA FOA members, they're going to be in a very difficult spot, including Russell. Yeah. Wait, so who's think, your winner pick then? So so my winner pick, and, and I've, I've gone back and forth on it, uh, I think there's a decent chance... I'm not terribly confident in this because it's so hard to predict, right? I think there's a decent chance that it's Cave Boy, whose name I've forgotten. Who's oh Cave Oh Eric? <laughs> Eric, I, I, I was I was thinking. Don't know Evan. the name of your winner pick? No, I was thinking Evan. Like in, in my mind, he's Cave Boy, uh, Eric, um, because I think he's a he's a strong asset who I think will shine in individual challenges. I think he is comparable physically and mentally to Jason in a lot of ways, but he doesn't have the the mindset that is plaguing Jason. I think he'll shine in immunity. I bet he wins at least two, if not three, individual immunity idols uh, or individual immunity challenges. challenges. Yeah. Um, I think he goes very far, and then I think he'll be able to make arguments about his manipulation of shambo as much as i would love to see her go far and win I, it won't happen i don't think i think eric has he's in the majority right now he has nowhere to go but up and he's already in a pretty good spot so that's yeah. why he's my pick i think that's a fair pick i think many of the positives that we talked about with russell of having an immunity idol and being tightly aligned within his tribe those apply to Eric as well. And the only difference is that Eric is going into the merge with eight people, whereas Russell is going into the merge with four. Right. So I think it's a solid pick. Do you think, do you have a certain final three in mind for Eric or like what, what's your vision in an Eric win? Who does he sit next to at the end to beat? I tell you what, I think there's a decent chance nobody from FOA FOA makes it to the final three. Okay. So you think it's him and two other Galoo members? Is one yeah. of those members Shambo, do you think? I tell you, I tell you what, here's what I see. Okay. I see. Oh, okay, it's all coming together. I'm having the vision right now. Okay. Like the oh, what's the line? The scales are falling from my eyes. Um the final three is gonna be Russell, Shambo, and Eric. Okay. Russell will be able to make a decent argument. Hey, I made it to the final, but Right before the final, he had to burn Natalie and Laura. They don't vote for him because they've just been burned. Uh, so he's he's out of contention. Eric goes, Shambo goes, well, I was the captain of Galoo, and look how far I made it. Two Galoo members are in the final. And then Eric goes, actually, Shambo, I did everything to put you in power. And, and the other all... men would be on the jury to back up that theory, too. If you exactly. had Dave and John on the jury... They could agree and say, yeah, when we made that alliance and Brett, when they made that alliance of five, they made it clear that Shambo was the bottom person of it. Yeah. That's a good, so, I think that's a solid prediction because I do that's think my vision. Eric makes it to the end. I think he has a good chance of getting, if you have Dave, Brett and John all on the jury, I think those are three votes that Eric could easily get right now. So, so a logistical question, you know, I hate to wrap up on a logistical question, but um, uh, at the merge, does everybody after the merge stay for tribal councils from now on? Um, so you only stay if you're on the jury. 
and the timing of the jury right. varies from season to season, season to season. So it's oh, typically okay. seven to eight players, I think. But there's a chance that the person who is voted out next week does not join the jury. So, so that has so major implications for the game moving forward as well. Because there's only a certain number of people. There's an uncertain amount of people who can be burned with no repercussions. Yeah, and Jeff will specify before tribal council or at tribal council that the person who is voted out will or will not join the jury. That's that's That makes a lot of sense. That's good to know. So yeah, do you have any other things that you want to hit on from this episode? I mean, there weren't any really... Getting a lot of insurance commercials. <laughs> okay. Not, yeah, nothing really compelling, kind of disappointing. Um, yeah, um, so to foreshadow... Uh, well, do you have anything else from this episode before no, I I'm foreshadow? No, I'm all good. Uh, to foreshadow, here comes the merge. Uh, uh, it's time, and uh, we've got the 5-4-3, which I think is going to be the... Um, dominant structure going in but at the same time it could all implode immediately right so so we'll see what happens but uh i'm excited yeah me too well thanks for listening into survivor analytics and catch us next week when we talk about the merge episode episode eight of survivor samoa woohoo